Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today we're thrilled to be joined by the wonderful Graham Sibley to talk all about his History Channel series, Abraham Lincoln, in which he's playing the titular role of Abraham Lincoln. Um, and this is a role that you've almost been preparing for longer than you've had the role in this series because you were originally cast to play Abraham Lincoln in another project that because of COVID ended up shutting down. Um, but because you'd spent months preparing for that already, I was really interested in, in how that then bled over into a lot of your preparation for this series and the way that you were able to take the foundation of a lot of your research and then really find the spaces that you needed to get into for the scenes that you were going to have and the scripts that you were working with for this project. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was such a gift to have that much time mm -hmm. <clears throat> to find a, a, a rhythm to uh, the research and a, a slower pace. It wasn't so aggressive. Often with, with casting, it's so immediate. You know, so to have those months, uh, those three or four months that I had to, um, you know, dig into the research and experiment and 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 try things out and 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 feel where he um, connected to me, you know, um, that was it was priceless. And then once we got into, um, you know, once I ended up. Uh, getting cast it was it was this daunting <laughs> overwhelming you know um thing that hit me i was like oh i mean the script was 350 pages it was his entire life you know i played him from from 20 to, to 56 at the when he died at the forge and so it was it was just a and a lot of stuff to cover you know and i i'm really glad that i had had that time to sort of just sort of factually, objectively learn about him and then begin the process of, of, a, of a subjective take to it. I mean, with the research process, there's such a monumental amount written about Lincoln, obviously. I mean, there's probably tens of thousands of books out there at this point. And so how did you set about distilling down in terms of your research? What's the information that's going to be valuable for me with this particular project, with this particular performance that I can really kind of take from and hone from? Or was it just a little bit of trial and error, like starting to read things and seeing where, where things were coming into play for you? It was... Um... Yeah, it was, a, it was a tremendous amount of reading. Reading and listening to experts and their takes on their own books, reading their books and then listening to their take. You know, it was like wherever I could get the kernel of, 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 uh, of information. Um, I also had Doris Kearns Goodwin, um, you know, uh, available to me, which is an immense resource. Um, so she and her producing partner, Beth Lasky, were, were a tremendous help to me um, in finding personal accounts and things that she had dug up over her entire career, you know, and, 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 and just offering that stuff to me when I, when I needed it. Um, so that was incredible. Um, uh, but I think as we, as we went through the process, it was, it was starting at the beginning, you know, was just starting at the beginning and just like, wow, okay. How does his trauma lead into his relationship with his, it was just all of this sort of backstory stuff that is already written, you know? Yeah. 
Was that a total shift yeah. for you then? Because, you know, it's such a unique opportunity to play a character where you're not having to concoct, you know, who were their parents? How did they grow up? What was their home life with? Like, and instead it's just about, you have that gluttony of information that's already there and finding the pieces and the tools that are going to help you. Yeah, someone asked me uh, recently, you know, what was the most important moment that you had or, you know, what were you most, you know, scared about or whatever. And, and um, it, it really came down, I was like, every moment was important because every moment has been so put under the microscope of this man's life. And, and I felt like I had a responsibility to, to unpack all of that and to figure out, well, he, on, on this day in this room, he wasn't actually here. He was over there. <laughs> if I could find that piece of information, you know, um, and often I, often I could, I mean, there's obviously things that you can't discover and find and unpack, but, but there are things that will kernels, little things that sort of, well, if I was in this position, I might, I might actually be standing here <laughs> you know, as minute as that, that goes, you know? Yeah, and it's it's such a fascinating approach to character as well in terms of you're playing a real person that people have such an idea of, but yet don't, you know, it's like we don't necessarily know what he would sound like when he was delivering that speech, but we may know the text and be able to quote it, um, you know, and everybody has their idea of what that would have sounded like. And so you're then having to go in and make specific choices. And so how did you kind of figure out what's the right choice of delivery and what's the right approach for this performance, bearing in mind that that people do have kind of like these certain ideas of, of Lincoln already from other performances or just the amount of text that people have read over the years in studying him as well? Yeah, one thing that we discovered, which was really interesting, that I had never, I had never um, known, was that there were accounts of the, there were account, accounts of of claps throughout the Gettysburg Address, <clears throat> and I had never seen that before. I had never seen anyone do it with with the audience interacting to to those, those words, unbelievable words, and and. Um, we built the claps in and that really served uh, a sense of, it allows you to hear those words in, in, a, in a new way and digest them when, you, when, there's, when there's reprieves. And that was really interesting. You know, that was really interesting as we sort of built that, um, built that speech, you know, which was, there was a lot of attention on that speech, you know, with Malcolm Dunville, the director and I, we really spent a long time um, building that and, and, and also with the help of Larry Moss and, and, and John Heinemann, we, we really crafted that speech and, and made it, and made it as real as we could. But it was because of these facts that we found that inspired that, you know, yeah. that was what we were hunting for the entire time, you know, like, what is this yeah. little kernel that can get us going, you know, it can put us in the right direction. I love that. And I love the way that that kind of shifted the scene for you. And it's also great because you get, you know, you mentioned earlier, you're getting to play him over the course of so many years in this performance. And so you get the opportunity to dig into him as a character before he was president, which is great because then you get to kind of build these dual facets of, okay, this is who he was when he was with his family, when he was in his home. And then this is who he becomes as a public persona and as a public person. Um, and what were kind of the strands that were most important for you to keep as linear threads between those two sides of who he was that you felt were always part of his core yeah um his trauma 
you know, being abandoned as a young man by his father and left to fend for himself for many months. Um, he and his sister had to, had to fend for themselves. And, and that, that is so important, informative and, and, uh, defines how you have a parental relationship, not only the death of his mother, but then, but then being abandoned like that, you know, um, I can only imagine what that, what that must've done to him. Um, and so that was definitely a thread. Um, and that also kind of leads into his, his melancholy and his depression and, and just the, the, as it builds, as his life builds, how he processes all of that, you know, before he, um, goes off to Washington, he goes and visits his stepmother. Um, and, uh, and he hasn't gone to the grave, you know, of his father. And that's a, such a telling sign. I mean, this is somebody who was so accessible and so open, but at the same time, so private, you know, and that's a really, that's just oh, great stuff for an actor. You know? Yeah. And with playing him over such a facet of time as well, um, you know, it's such an interesting challenge as an actor to be able to do something like that. Like you were saying how the script itself was over 300 pages, because once you're in production, you can't really kind of step back and then be like, okay, so now we're coming back, you know, a couple of years later, this is what's happened. This is how we're going to shift it. You know, you're having to move very fast in terms of finding your performance at all of these different moments and looking at what would have influenced him. And, you know, a, a lot of the interviews that they have on camera are talking about this is a man who who was willing to change and willing to take things into consideration and wasn't completely steadfast and and would kind of change course and trajectory sometimes which is part of how he came to to make certain choices and do certain things politically um and so how did you kind of for yourself even map out the different stages that you wanted to have for him as a character and 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 look at like okay well now that he's given this speech or now that he's had this situation happen this is this is who he's going to be you know probably a year from now two years from now in this next scene yeah yeah well we we had broken down the script it's it's the it's three nights it's basically three movies mm -hmm. and the first movie is him um becoming a man and what that what his definition of 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 that is and, and how he's going to go out onto the into the world and and then the second movie is him becoming a leader and and we we struggled with what the third movie was about for a while and um and it was it was Larry and I had a chance. Larry Moss and I had a chance to work together, and it was Larry who who, who suggested um, that the third the third piece is really about his um, releasing self doubt, and and how that that builds across time um, is really interesting, um, and and how he really becomes his own, and then five days later he's he's. He's killed after the war ends. He's killed after this unbelievable thing he accomplishes. Um, so, so in terms of breaking that down, that that's how we broke it down, and then building arcs inside of that. You know, um, they were they, it did move fast. You know, we moved really quickly. You know, it was like you we he there was a lot to tell. It's a massive story. You know, and 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 um, so. You know, I think trauma, I think depression, I think as those threads started, kind of started to kind of unpack for me, you know, um, then how that led into him becoming, making the decisions he led, like you suggested. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You know, and, and on the other side of, of who he was as well, you also get that opportunity to really capture the idea of the charisma and the wit that he was known for as well. Um, and so how did you kind of work to make sure that that was a facet of your performance? Because obviously a lot of the scenes that you're playing to are more serious things and serious considerations that he's making. And yet you still kind of find a way to thread it through him as a character throughout each it three of the episodes. Part of his fiber. Mm -hmm. It was how he navigated his life. That's how he dealt with the immense pain was humor, was humor. And, and that is, it's such an, uh, in, in, uh, it's such an attractive quality, especially in a leader. You know, we haven't had, uh, I don't think in my lifetime, we have had, uh, our lifetime has have, have had an American president that has been funny, <laughs> you know, that's had a sense of humor. I mean, sure we make fun of them, you know, but like, but, but, uh, but it's different when someone is witty and funny and because it, it adds a sense of humility. And, and I think that when, when you recognize, when he, he must have recognized that he came from nothing and he had to acknowledge that, you know, and, and as, he, as he built himself through and, <clears throat> and continued on as a man, you know, um, he, he must have, you know, I don't know, I don't know. I, he must have figured all of that out in a way, but you no, know, it's something just hit me in a second, just a second ago. Was that his ambition is also something that that sort of connects to this in a way, is that he had a very strong sense of ambition, you know, um, and that that coupled with depression and coupled with humor and it, it's such a it's such a dichotomy. It's so interesting. It's such an interesting man as as that happens. One, one of the things that we discovered was that he had visited, Doris unpacked this in her book, um, but that he went to the theater over a hundred times in his time, in his presidency. And what that says to me is that he was aching for escape, you know? And so, yeah, I think as, as, as we, as, as you look at him, you know, like where, where does, how does he, how does he process all of this pain? You know, and it's, it's humor and it's the theater, which is like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. You've also mentioned being really struck by his humility and his patience. And because we get to see a lot of that kind of decision making and that deliberation and the way that he kind of internally was thinking things through in this series as well. Um, how did you make sure that that was always a core facet of, of what you were conveying as well? And, and did that inform any of kind of like the pacing in terms of just thinking about the patience and just holding back a little bit at certain moments? I mean, he was known for his patience and he, he made a lot of people mad, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he made a lot of people mad with his patience, you know? Um, um, yeah, for sure. Yep. I mean, um, yeah, he, he, he's definitely was, a, a, a the, the, the thought process really was, was in demand. It just demanded that I, I, I know what I'm doing. You know, I needed to know the facts. I needed to read all of these books and figure out what it was that he was thinking. And then somehow after learning about all of that, you have to sort of abandon that and sort of take a subjective take to it and connect it to yourself. And, and that was, that was super profound, you know, trying to find myself in, in, in someone that I had studied for so long, you know. And with the fact 
you know, that it was so much about having the details and having the facts. Is there an interesting facet in in playing a role like this and the fact that it kind of almost warrants for you to make choices that are about making the factual choice versus making the cinematic choice? It's not about overly dramatizing moment in his life. It's about what would the factual exploration of this scene be? Absolutely. And and that's so true. And we always leaned with the factual choices and, and we, we never, I mean, there is room. There is room for drama. There is room for interpretation, you know, but, but we always felt like the facts would lead us in the right direction, you know? Um, and, and, you know, there, for example, there, there are scenes in, in, uh, in our series with my, with Mary and, um, and some of those scenes uh, we, we had to, the story is so big that we didn't really get, we weren't able to really dive into that relationship because that's a whole other movie. And, um, and we were telling something a little more fact-based and sort of an overarching um, story about him becoming the leader and him becoming, you know, how, how, he, how his definition of manhood defines him as a leader. And, and, and um, not to suggest that Mary had no part in that. She definitely did. And, and we suggest that, but, 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 you know, her, her relationship to him, um, we needed to make sure that we found truth in some of those scenes um, to, to build that um, conflict between them, you know? Um, so again, it was, it was trying to find these facts and trying to unpack all of this stuff and try to find the right way. And, and some people, you know, some actors were, were more rehearsed or more uh, researched than others. Okay. And so, you know, um, I, we all had to, sometimes someone would say, I, I you know, I, I think I'm going to, I think I would, I, I think I'm going to do this because I'm feeling this. And it would be like, well, that actually is not what happened. <laughs> what happened was she was actually in the bed at that time <laughs> because she had X, Y, and Z happen. It's, it's not that you're feeling like you need to stand up in this moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, it was a lot more, it was a lot, we needed, we needed to have those facts to make it feel real. And then and once we found the fact, it was always true. It was always right. It was always right. And that facts never let us down. Yeah. Because you're giving a narrative performance within, you know, a myriad of documentary interviews. Did you have any, had they filmed any of the interviews before you came to shooting? Did you have any sense of, of the scope and the conversations that they were hoping to have on, on screen in between the, the reenactments? Or was it something where like that wasn't important and it was just about focusing on your performance and the scripts that you had? Yeah, we, I, I was not focused on, on, on that at all. I was, I, I built a, a narrative we told a narrative story while we were in production. We, there were no other interviews that were going on and we knew that they, they were there to help push the story forward because again, it's such a massive story that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool way to tell such a, such a, a big story is, you know, to have this sort of emotional connection to someone with a narrative and, 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 and seeing how he navigates those, these decisions and also being able to move the story forward quickly and, and, and define different battles and things that meant something and push the story forward. Um, so, yeah, but no, I, I treated this 1000% as a narrative and, 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 and Malcolm Benville and the whole cast and every, everybody who was in production was the same way. We, we treated it as a, a massive movie. 
That's great. And it's it's also a role that gives a lot of opportunity in terms of the physical exploration of the character, you know, and even just does his physicality change. Like once he becomes a leader, there's kind of like an expected like stature once you're out in public and you're you're giving those speeches and those moments and those scenes. Um, and so what was your journey or process of finding the physicality of this role? A lot of trial and error. Um, you know, uh, I think there are, um, again, there are accounts of how he walked and um, that helped. That helped define for sure um, things. And, and um, the physicality is one thing. Um, his voice was another. I spent a long time, you know, really trying to make sure that I was, that I was making, uh, there's a lot of interpretation about what he might've sounded like. And, um, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis had was so brilliant and he's really de redefined what we think of as, as Mr. Lincoln and, um, President Lincoln, <laughs> and we look at him, and and that is now ingrained in our, our imagination, and and um, and that is a, a very um, that definitely informed uh, on some level. Um, if I I wanted to know if I had anything to bring to that, and 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 do anything different, because you know I think you know. Um, his physicality is is uh, defined, and, and his voice is has been documented as what it sounded like. And I realized my voice is not too far from what has been documented, and 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 then I just kind of wanted to I wanted to take the facts again and 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 cross reference them with what I know about my experience being an American, and um, so I chose to kind of put. Uh, a more folksy uh, Southern twist to him. Um, and I, I felt like I had the facts to back that up um, in terms of how long he was in uh, the South and what that might've, might've sounded like, um, you know, uh, he moved from Kentucky to a, 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 a township in, in Indiana that was actually more South than St. Louis, more South than Lexington. And I, I sort of thought, well, I, I think it probably wouldn't have changed that much, you know, from just because it's Indiana, you know. And then as he moves north, you know, it, it probably probably loses some some of it. But I wanted to hold on to that for for a couple of reasons. Um, I felt like that helped that that sort of told the story a little bit, um, and I felt like it was true. You know, I felt like it was a, 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 a more fact based for me, you know. Because I've spent a lot of time in the South, so that was that was my interpretation of it. And were the external facets when it came to, you know, hair and makeup and costume kind of, did that kind of create a shift once you were on set and once you're putting on kind of like the waistcoat, you know, the shirt, the suit, the tall hat, you know, once you get to that point where you have the facial hair as well, were those facets that really helped you in terms of finding character as well? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think when you, part, when you put someone else's shoes on, it's a really, uh, it's a really powerful, powerful thing. And, um, and, and, and seeing, I mean, there's always sort of a weird, a weird sort of 
I never quite see Abraham Lincoln. I'm always seeing myself, but, but, you know, it does help, you know, it does help. I try to just feel him, you know, I felt like if I was, if I could just get quiet enough and people wouldn't distract me, I felt like I could actually hear him. You know, I could hear kind of what his rhythm might've been or what he might've said in certain moments. And, and that was where I was always trying to get to. I was always trying to get to this place of like, just, Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone so I can hear this man. You're like, I'm talking to Lincoln right now. I am <laughs> talking to Lincoln. Just I'm connected to him, but you are getting in my way. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you off the back of what you were saying earlier about obviously the pacing of, of shooting a series like this and how fast everything moves in television because you've done so much work with within television, but also within independent film. And those are both kind of very different landscapes, but both have a similar pacing in terms of how fast everything goes. And the fact that you just never have enough time to get everything done. Um, and was interested in the parallels that you found in working between those two mediums a lot in that regard and, and some of the tools that you feel like you've really developed over the years as a performer because of that. Oh gosh, that's a really great question. Cause it's so true. You, you, you just, it's such a relentless pace. <laughs> It's so relentless and it's so um, unforgiving. You know, it's one, two, three, done, moving on. Ah, wait a second, I just figured it out. <laughs> you know, um, that's, where, that's where this prep was just so vital to be able to have time to play and experiment and feel a different rhythm and, and really um, just kind of let my curiosity take me in different different directions you know all of that builds texture you know and then when you get to set you know you just have to throw it all away you have to throw it all away and hope that it's all there and there were many many times many times where I it was the piece was so relentless and it was so challenging and I would have you know some guard you know three pages of you know, things that I was saying all in a row where there would be like one line where someone else would say one line and it would put me into another, you know, long speech about thinking and talking, thinking and talking, <laughs> you know, like, how do I do this? And there were times where I literally would look up and I would just be like, whatever happens as this and rolling. And I would just be like, whatever happens, I'm, and then I'd just be taken on this ride. And, and it happened so many times where I was just like, it was, it was all there for somehow, somehow. I, I, I don't really know because I, I just trusted in the process and, and did as much work as I could up until the, the moment we were rolling and, and, yeah. hope, and hope that it, we, we would get it. Yeah. I mean, I love how much. I love how much time you had to really explore this character. So congratulations on this series. And thank you so much for talking all about it today, Graham. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much.